Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we continue to serve our Lord. Today's topic of what we're going to get into today, we're going to talk about I want to prove you wrong. I want to prove you wrong, right? And I think it was it was somewhat tough studying this one because there are some things that that I have to change. There's some things in uh, in my mindset and in my thinking that I've had to change as I've studied this, and I hope that uh, maybe as you study and as you examine yourself that you can change those things too. Before we get into it, again, if you want to listen to the podcast, if you want more, uh, you can listen on YouTube. You can subscribe there, listen on Spotify. Uh, you can also listen on iTunes as well. Uh, the podcast is there. You can find it on your Apple Podcasts on your iPhone. We're really close to getting it for Android users, so continue to be patient with us. But uh, you can listen to those outlets, you can subscribe, you can share, and you can do those things there as well. So let's get into what we're talking about. We're talking about, I want to prove you wrong. You know, as a, as a competitor, you're only worried about two things as you compete. And whatever, it could be a sport, it could be whatever it is, whatever you compete in, you're only really worried about two things. One, you you want respect. Whatever you're doing, you want other people to respect what you do. And then number two, you want to prove other people wrong. You know, uh, as a competitor, when I competed uh, in basketball, when I competed, I just needed one person. So many people could believe in me. So many people could say, you're great at this. You're good at this. You're good at that. I just needed one. I needed one person to say, Jordan can't blank. Or Jordan will never be blank. Or Jordan will always be blank. You know, I would would go through pain. I would go through sacrifice. I would go through setbacks. I would go through failures. I would go, I would take journeys. I would do whatever I had to do to get to the point where I did what they said I can't do. And you know what the most satisfying thing is for a competitor? The most satisfying thing is when someone says, you can't, you will never, and you will always be this, when you prove them wrong. And you can go back to whoever said those things and say, don't you ever doubt me again. Ever. That is the most satisfying feeling. One of the most satisfying feelings as a competitor that you could ever have. And that's why you hear these basketball players who make thousands of dollars. These football players who make thousands of dollars, millions of dollars. Maybe who have never won a championship. Who have never done anything great in our eyes. They say it's not about the championships. It's not about the money. Someone at some point in their life said, this person can't do and will never do this. 
That's why they do it. That's what they that's what they play for. And and so I was thinking about that and our topic, I want to prove you wrong. Is that the type of attitude that we should have in the church? Well what what are you what are you talking about? Should we live our Christian lives and serve God just to prove another Christian person wrong? Should we serve like Christ, be a servant, do all this stuff, do great things in the kingdom to prove a family wrong, to prove a brother wrong, to prove a sister wrong, to prove a, a brotherhood wrong? Do, is that what we do? Is that is that why you do what you do, to prove someone wrong? And that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about, do I do what I do? Do you do what you do to prove somebody else wrong? All right, and so we're gonna we're gonna jump around at a, co- a couple scriptures here, and we're gonna talk about the topic. All right, so the first one we're gonna go to, let's go to First Peter chapter four first. That's where I want to go first. First Peter chapter four. All right, and we're gonna start in verse eight. And again, with this podcast, if you're new to it, we're, we're glad that you're here. Um, but with with this podcast, you know, we don't use my experiences or anybody else's experiences or anybody else's stories. We use what the scripture says and we apply it to whatever problem that we're talking about for the day. All right. And so you'll kind of see how we how we study first uh, Peter chapter four and look at verse eight. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves for charity shall cover a multitude of sins. Then look at verse nine. It says use hospitality one to another but notice the condition without grudging remember we're talking about I want to prove you wrong at some point there may have been a Christian person that didn't believe in what you could do maybe at some point there's been a Christian person who's doubted that you could ever really serve in the kingdom. There's people like that, that doubt if you could do X, Y, or Z. And the reasons are numerous. But even though that's there, should I still serve to prove that person wrong? Remember, because no matter what they say, that's still my brother in Christ. That's still my sister in Christ, right? But notice, first of all, Peter says, the first thing you got to do is you need to have fervent charity among yourselves. Then second, notice what he says. He says, use your hospitality to one another without grudging. You know, that word without grudging in the Greek, it literally means don't do it just because it's commanded. But do it from the love of God and love man. Then it's going to be without grumbling. And so... We, we hear about scriptures in the in the Bible that says, love your enemies, right? It's a, it's a cute saying, right? Until it actually happens. Until possibly a Christian person can be your enemy. Now, what happens? Can you still love them? Just like the Bible says, can you still use hospitality to that person without grudging? Now, here's how we got to change our mindset. Because in the secular world, no matter if it's business, no matter if it's sports, no matter if it's what it is, if somebody doesn't believe in me, I'm going to do whatever I can do to prove that person wrong all day, all day. But what happens, remember, 
are Christian people great people? For sure. They're the best people on earth. But are they still people? So will they still not believe in you sometimes like some people out there do? Yeah, sometimes it happens. So now, what mindset should I have? Should I have the mindset of, oh, you don't think, all right, cool. I'm going to prove you wrong. Is that the mindset we should have? Or should we have the mindset that Peter's talking about here, using hospitality one to another? Notice, without grudging. Don't do it just because it's commanded. Look at this example really quick. Think about this. If I was... If I was a, a, a student, let's say let's say I'm a student slash, um, slash slash player at a university, all right. And let's say the dean of the school, the coach, whoever it is, let's say it's both of them, the dean and the coach. And let's say at some point during my four years at that university, I have personal problems with the dean, or I have personal problems with the coach. But by the time that four years is up. Let's say I want to go to another school. Let's say I want to transfer, right? Guess what I need? I need a recommendation from either a dean or from a coach. Now, because I have a personal problem with that dean and I have a personal problem with that coach, this is what happens sometimes. I come to the coach. I come to the to the dean. Hey, look, guys, I know we've had our whatever in the past, but, you know, uh, I'm trying to get into this university. I'm trying to get to this program. I need a recommendation. Um, I'm hoping you could you could recommend me for whatever. I walk out of the room. You know what most people do? Most people will get on the phone, and they'll get on the phone, and they'll call. They'll recommend you. They'll say some stuff to you. They'll hang up the phone. They'll call you back in the office. And you know what some people will say? They'll say, I recommended you for whatever. I recommended you for this. But you know I could have said this about you. You know I could have said this. You know I wanted to say this, but because I didn't want to act the wrong way, I recommended you. Let me ask you something. Is that using hospitality without grudging? That's grudging while using your hospitality. And you know sometimes that happens in the church today. We use hospitality because God said it. But then really our heart's not in the right place. I'm just doing it because, man, I got to love them. The, the Bible says I got to love them. The Bible says I got to love my enemies. Is that the right heart? So let's say I have an enemy, right? And let's say I love my enemy, but in my heart I really don't. If they need help, I'll, I'll help them. I got to do it, right? If they need food, all right. If they need encouragement, all right. I really don't want to do it, but the Bible says they got to. You think God's going to accept that? You see, sometimes we could do the right thing with the wrong heart. We can do the right thing with the wrong heart. And guess what? That's not acceptable. So how many times have we, as Christians, did that use our hospitality grudgingly towards one another? You can't do that, right? And that goes into the mindset of this is not about proving them wrong. This is not about showing a false sense of humility. This is not about trying to be the bigger man. It's not about that. It's about doing what the Bible says. And, you know, like I talked about before, in the secular world, if somebody doesn't believe in you, I could do 
take whatever measure I got to do to prove them wrong. And I don't have to care what my mindset about them is. But in the church, it's a whole different ball game. I can't do that. I can't use hospitality grudgingly to them. And I, I really shouldn't do that in the world either. Because I'm a different person, right? That's what Christianity is all about. And so you got to change your mindset about competing. Now, is it for those people who play sports that are Christians, go hard at what you do. Go hard. Play hard because that's what you're supposed to do. But at the same time, when the game's over, there's no need to grudge. Games go into eight overtimes. I remember I had some tough battles with some people. We blood on the court, literally. But after the game was over, bro, great game. Good game. Respect. There was no hatred there. But while we play, oh, we're going to play. Right? So there's nothing wrong with competing. But here, we're talking about proving people wrong in the church. That's not the mindset we should have. All right? So that's 1 Peter 4. Then let's jump to Galatians chapter 5. Notice this one here. Galatians chapter 5. And I think I want to go to verse 26, I believe. Let me make sure it's the right one. Galatians chapter 5. Uh, verse number 26. Yes. Notice what the scripture says here. And let me get to it here on my tablet as well so we can have a good comparison here. All right. So, so notice what it says here. It says, be not or let us not be desirous of vain glory. Notice what it says. Watch this. Don't be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another and envying one another. You know, <laughs> there's some people in the world that they provoke you. They're instigators. They'll say things on purpose to get you hot on purpose. But here, notice what the, the, the writer in Galatians says. He says, look. First of all, you don't need to be desirous of that vainglory. Second of all, notice he said, don't provoke one another. And I looked at one commentary and it said, provoking, it always leads to hard feelings. And provoking always leads to hatred. And provoking always leads to revenge. So, we should be we should use our hospitality without grudging. We shouldn't provoke one another and we shouldn't envy one another. Does that sound like I should be competing with my brethren for anything? I shouldn't be competing with them. Oh, I'm a better song leader than you are. People people love to hear me sing. I don't know about you. Should I be competing that way? Oh, I'm a, I'm a great orator. You know how many sermons I preach? You know how many lectureships I preach that? I'm a, I'm a great orator. But should I be competing with my other brethren? Oh, I, I could, I could say this in Greek. I can, I can read the Greek New Testament. I can do all this stuff. I've studied this. Should I be competing with my brethren? You see, we, we can't have that mindset of competing. Because remember, in Philippians chapter 4, 
Go, go there real quick. Let, let's just read it. Philippians chapter 4. Or chapter 2, I'm sorry. Philippians chapter 2. And notice, here's the mindset of Christ. Verse number 3. Notice what it says. Actually, start in verse, verse 2. Fulfill ye my joy that ye may be like-minded. Having noticed the same love being of one accord and one mind. Let nothing, song leading, preaching, memorization, anything else. Don't let anything be done through strife or vainglory. But how do you want me to do it? But in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than themselves. So competing, it's all about getting respect from me. Competing is I'm proving you wrong to prove myself right. Does that sound like humbleness of mind to you? Does that sound like the mind of Christ? And it, it kind of blows my mind in a sense. People compete like this by serving in the church. Oh, I'm going to do this great work. I'm going to do that great work. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be this. You do the works of Christ to prove other people wrong? What is that? Doesn't sound like you really have a lot of lowliness of mind, do you? Keep going. Verse number four. Look not every man, watch this, on his own things. This brother said, Jordan, you can't do this. Should I spend the rest of my natural born days proving that brother wrong? Who cares if he doesn't believe in me? I don't serve for him. I don't serve for people. You serve for God, right? Look not every man on his own things. So forget my pride. Forget my respect. Forget my whatever. It's not about me. And this is the thing about Christianity. It's never about us. No matter what great work you have done or you ever will do, it's not about you. It's not about what you can do. It's not about what the history books say about you. You do what you got to do and you sit down. But, you know, I, I'm afraid that today, you know, in the book of Matthew, it talks about how many people on that day. And on judgment, they're going to say, Lord, Lord, haven't I done these great works for you? Haven't I done all this great thing in your name? And that chapter isn't just talking about people on the outside saying that. You know, that's people on the inside, too. People who have known Christ all their life. Lord, didn't I do this awesome thing for you? Didn't I speak at this awesome thing for you? Didn't I do all this great work for you? But then Christ will say, I, I never knew you. Why? You did all that stuff to prove other brethren wrong. You did all that stuff for your own glory. You did all that stuff for your own pride. You did all that stuff for your own self-respect. I was secondary. You were first. I don't know who you are. You know, I'm afraid today that this has become our kingdom here. People are just satisfied with, people are just, I think they're more satisfied with what they could get here because they could see it, right? You could get a handshake here. You could get a, that a boy 
on the back. You could get a, a physical reward here. You could get recognition here. You could get praise here. You could get power here. You can get authority here. You can get so much here for doing servant's work, right? But did you do all that to prove people wrong? Did you do it with the mindset of Philippians chapter 2? That's a mindset that we, we have to, it's a must, right? We have to have that. Now notice this. Go to go to Second uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I want you to look at verse number 15. And notice, here, here goes our mindset again of not proving other people wrong. See that none render evil for evil. Notice, unto any man. So the person that doesn't believe I can be this, don't render evil. So the person who, who will think I will always be this, never render evil for evil. People that can never get past it, never render evil for evil. And don't do it with this fake humility. Don't do it with just because... 1 Thessalonians 5.15 commands it. Don't do it because it's said. Do it because that's who you are. Here's this example. People that know me from the school of preaching, from the Memphis School of Preaching, uh, they know that if I was not in class, if I was not in my office working, if I was not with uh, the teenage group there, I was on the court playing ball. That's just where I found my solace at. And if you if you saw me out there, I would be playing in the rain, in extreme heat, sometimes in the freezing cold, just because I just I love the the fact that you're just out there and you're competing with yourself, right? And w when people saw me out there, I'd be running the drills that I would that I ran in high school, that I uh, ran against top competition, you know, running around the chair, shooting threes. Uh, hit it with a body bag, you know, do, doing whatever I had to do uh, to work. Now, when I was in high school and when I was at a top level competing, I hated doing those things. Why? Because the coach was yelling at me to do it. Jordan, do this better. Jordan, do this. Jordan, run this way. I hated it because it was commanded. So I did it because he just said it. But no one's here yelling at me to say, go do this drill. No one's out here yelling at me saying, hey, go practice out there for two and a half hours. No one's out there telling me, well, you got to wait till till it gets better out there, till the weather gets better for you to go out there. I did it in extreme heat and cold and whatever it was, and I was out there as long as I could because I loved it. It wasn't a command anymore. I did all those things because it was just who I was, and I loved to do it. It was the same exact stuff I was doing when I was commanded to do it. But what's the difference? The difference is I'm not doing it just because someone said to. Now I'm doing the same exact thing, putting in the same exact work because I want to. This is the attitude that we should have as Christians. The Bible commands love your enemies. The Bible commands do not hate your brother. The Bible commands that you shouldn't render evil for evil. But are you doing those things just because the Bible says it? Or are you doing it because that's who you are? There's a difference. If you're on this side, 
and you're doing it just because, well, the Bible says it, you're still wrong. Even if you are doing it, you're still wrong. You need to do it because that's who your character is. Philippians chapter 2. Christ humbled himself. Now here's, here's the, the question today. Instead of proving other people wrong in the church, instead of doing all this hard work secularly and doing all this hard work spiritually just to prove to this person I can do this, maybe why don't you start humbling yourself? Whether that person recognizes what you're doing or not, whether anybody recognizes what you're doing or not, why don't you just humble yourself and do it just because that's who you are instead of proving somebody wrong? See, I've had to change my mindset because it's very hard as a competitor to get out of that because physically with my ACL, I can't physically compete to the level that I used to. I can still play. I can still compete to somewhat of a higher level, but I can't on a consistent basis. And so, so what do I do with that fire now? You see, what I used to do is I used to compete against my brethren. Not, not in the sense of I'm a better song leader than you or I'm a better this than you. Not, not that way compete, but compete like you don't think I can or, or you don't believe that I, or you don't think I, all right, cool. I see you. I see you when I get it right. And I'll come back and I'll tell you. I used to be that way. But I, that's not. How can I do that doing the Lord's work? You see what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not competing to put a ball in a hoop. I'm competing. I'm doing the Lord's work to prove somebody wrong. What did, I can't do that. You know, and I've heard some Christians say that. Do this so, so people can know that you're. That's not the right. That's not the right attitude to have. Does that sound like Philippians two? Does that sound like lowliness of mind? Does that sound like I, I can't? You know, like that's something I cannot do. And I, as a competitor, that fire will never go away. And here's a piece of advice. Well, Jordan, are you saying what? Well, what should I do with that then? What should I do with that competitive nature that I have? One thing that uh, my mom told me before, she said. <clears throat> She said, use that competitive fire and edge and fight and grit that you have inside of you. Don't use it against your brethren. Use it against Satan. We're a part of God's army, aren't we? We're soldiers, aren't we? We're fighting a spiritual battle, aren't we? So fight him. Don't fight your brethren. Don't prove your brethren wrong. I got nothing to prove to anybody. Fight him. Fight what he has. Fight temptation. Fight whatever you got to do. Fight principalities. That's what that's what we're here for. We're not here to fight each other. Notice what he says here. Let's let's finish what it says in First Thessalonians five fifteen. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but follow that which is good. Watch how he watch how he uh, gives us uh, the command. But follow after that which is good, both amongst yourselves first. Why does he mention among ourselves first? Because he knew we would be like what we are today. First of all, follow which is good among you guys first. Then to all men.
So, am I here to prove any brother wrong? Am I here to prove any sister wrong? Nope. It's not, it's not my purpose. I'm here to help my brother. I'm here to help my sister. Truly, not just because it's commanded. It's just because of who Jordan is. That's his character. Well, you said such and such about Jordan. Still going to help you because I love you. <laughs> not because God commands it. Because I care about you as a person. I don't care what you've said about me, what you have, or what you will. I will always help. Because that's who I am. That's why I hope you are too. And so let's stop proving each other wrong. Let's stop competing. And let's start working together. And we can start doing some amazing things together. Thanks, guys.